You're listening to the Exhibitionist podcast, brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and ProExtra, a wholly owned division of 12 Man Solutions Limited. Hi, and welcome to the Exhibitionist, the podcast. You're joining us on our 10th episode. So thank you so much for tuning in and we're delighted to have you listening. Shortly, we'll be throwing over to Kate Ashley Norman, who is a Thrive Consultant. And Kate's going to be talking to us about how to handle some of those post-show blues and the stresses that come along with any live event. But before we hand over to Kate, we just wanted to share with you a couple of things that have been going on in our world. And if you've seen any of our posts on LinkedIn or Facebook, you'll know that very excitingly, we took delivery of our book, The Exhibitionist, on Friday of last week. So it's less than 12 months ago since we were asked to start writing a book and somebody recognised that we are pretty passionate about what we do and maybe we could convert that into words and create a book for it. But since then, we've been asked by quite a few people, well, what can we expect from your book? What does it actually deliver? It's quite a strange and difficult question to answer because when you start writing a book, you have this idea that you have to be the authority, that everything you say has to be right. And actually, what we say when we work with clients quite a lot in this industry is there isn't really any right or wrong. With exhibitions, it's all about what's right for your organisation and one size most, most definitely does not fit all. So actually, what we thought we could bring to the conversation was just some advice and some experience of the things that we've seen over the course of the years that we've been involved in exhibitions. And they won't be right for everybody and not every reader will be able to implement everything that we're suggesting in the book. But this is just our take and our opinion on things that we've seen and things that might help. So hopefully what you will find with The Exhibitionist, the book, is 276 pages. It's a big one um, that have just got some ideas, some thoughts, some food for thought that hopefully helps you make better decisions about how you manage your exhibitions going forward. And we'll introduce you to a few characters we've met along the way, like Jack the Lad and Hard Cell Hank and Wallflower Wilma. Will help you uh, work out how you can dispatch those tyre kickers and opera singers that end up on every uh, stand from visitors who are coming to a show but actually don't add any value to your business. And will also help you work out how you deliver that all-important ROI and how you actually calculate it. So how do you get your hands on a copy of the book if that little insight has got you salivating at the thought of delving into the pages of The Exhibitionist? Well, if you hop over to www.inspiringexhibitors.com and you subscribe to our fortnightly newsletter via the website, there is a chance for you to win a copy of the book, a copy of the project manager journal that goes alongside the book, and also an hour's free consultancy with ourselves to discuss your specific problems and challenges and trade show troubles. So that's hop over to www.inspiringexhibitors.com and subscribe to the fortnightly newsletter and you can be in with a chance of winning that little bundle package, including the exhibitionist. So that's been a really, really exciting uh, couple of days for us. If you see us out and about at training courses or face-to-face over the next few months, you can pick up a copy of the book directly from us and it will be live to uh, purchase from our website from the 16th of May along with Amazon and all good book retailers. But more of that to come in the coming weeks. 
The other really exciting thing, of course, anybody in the industry will know is that it's International Confex this week down in London. We're heading down on Tuesday and can't wait to meet up with a whole host of exhibitors um, that we've been making contact with who we think we can have some really positive collaborations with going forward. If you're interested in our thoughts on what we think are going to be the highlights of International Confex, then again, hop over to the website and there's a blog on there previewing the show. We'll also be posting some video next week after we've been at the show with some of the things that we think are brilliant. So that's enough from me for now. So I'm going to throw over to Kate Ashley Norman, our colleague from Thrive, who's going to be talking about how to beat those post-show blues. Enjoy the conversation. On this week's episode of the podcast, we are going to be looking at an issue which has been very much documented in the media across all industries, um, and that's the uh, area of mental well-being and emotional well-being. And a few people may think that maybe that's not relevant to exhibitions, but actually we've been talking about it quite a lot over the last couple of weeks. Um, if you remember the last podcast that we did with uh, Evie, uh, Evie was talking about post-show blues, so that situation where you've been working on an event, it comes to an end, and actually things can be a little bit of an anticlimax, it's quite hard to move on. So we thought it would be interesting to rather than give our advice, actually find somebody who knows a little bit more about this and can give us some more practical tips to all of us as to how to kind of cope with our emotions and our feelings and the stress that can sometimes go along with exhibitions. So we are delighted to invite all the way from a very sunny Turkey this afternoon, Kate Ashley Norman, and Kate is a Thrive Programme Consultant. For those people who aren't aware of Thrive, Thrive is a psychoeducational programme for emotional well-being. So welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you very much. Good evening. Well, it's good evening to, uh, from me because it's the evening in Turkey now. <laughs> and good afternoon from the UK. Um, so before we move into exploring some of the areas around emotional well-being at exhibitions, Kate, can you just give us a little bit of background on your um, career and your also your current role? Certainly, yes. So I've been a Thrive Programme consultant for about seven years now. Previous to that, I was working in, in, in business, um, more specifically within the PR industry. So I have quite a lot of PR industry for the window industry. So I have quite a lot of um, company and business experience. Uh, and I then moved into the Thrive Programme, which, as you said, is a psychoeducational programme. Because it absolutely answered all the questions that I had in terms of mental health and looking after mental health. Uh, and that it's not a it's not a medical condition that we have, but it's very much something that we can learn the skills to improve and to build on and to build those foundations. So that's kind of where I, I've, I've been working over the last few years as well. Thanks, Kate. And that's it's really interesting before we get into the body of the questions, I think that you mentioned there um, around approaching the area of emotional well-being. Um, as a really sensitive to topic, but actually it's okay not to be okay. That's a phrase we hear quite a lot um, and taking away some of the stigma, stigma and actually making us all a little bit more responsible and aware of our own feelings and emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the stigma is there because nobody really quite understands why we get emotionally distressed. Um, and really it's just because we haven't learnt the skills to, if I can use the word thrive, our way through difficult situations. And maybe we get a little bit too comfortable and we don't like uncomfortable feelings. So what we try to do is that we actually try to teach people uh, how to deal with uncomfortable feelings and to, I guess I could say the word, embrace them so that we can then build on that. 
because you have to go through, you have to push through the hard stuff to get to the good stuff, don't you? And the hard stuff is always going to be there. So if you're constantly trying to over control and run away from the hard stuff, you're never actually going to learn and to build from that point. So that is, that's one of the reasons why we get so distressed. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the big takeouts from uh, today's conversation is really around the fact that uh, we're all going to go through some difficult times. You're very lucky if you have a life where um, you never have those challenges, but actually learning some skills and tips to overcome them will, will help us all. So thinking about trade shows and exhibitions specifically, they can often be, often be really high pressure occasions. Lots of things can go wrong. Tempers can get frayed. People can be working with other individuals they've never met before, managing stakeholders. It can all feel really overwhelming. So mm -hmm. what do you think exhibitors and organizers can do in the run-up to an event in that planning stage before they get on site to help manage their levels of stress? Well, absolutely. You just said it. It's in the planning and in the run-up to the event. You don't want to lead it to the actual event. Um, so what you need to be doing is actually working on uh, maintaining or reducing stress in the run-up to the day. So what we would do with that with a company if they were uh, about to, if they were working on an event, uh, we would actually teach them to thrive beforehand. Now in, in that respect what we would do is we would work on their belief systems uh, and we would work on something called their sense of power and control as well. Because it's that sense of power and control that is really, really crucial to uh, reducing anxiety and eliminating stress. So that once you sort of get to the event and all the activity and everything that goes on actually at the actual event, you're actually starting from a point of calm and uh, calm and quiet as opposed to going into it at a high level of stress anyway. So because you're starting the actual event calmly, then you're more likely to finish it pretty much calmly as well. Absolutely. Again, I think we talk a lot with our clients in workshops or in consultancy about the amount of planning that goes into a show and um, the operations trackers and reading the ex exhibitor manual really carefully so that you know the rules and the conditions and the guidelines that you're working to. And actually, most of the stress is caused at that point when somebody gets on site and suddenly finds that their stand doesn't fit through a doorway or the floor is not strong enough to take the weight of their stand or their staff aren't going to turn up or their graphics have been printed wrongly. And it's all of those things that just build on site to creating this overwhelming pressure cooker and actually taking the time in the run-up to plan all of that, those things means that they should be eliminated at the point when you arrive on site. Well, absolutely. And it's about the clarity of thinking as well. So the less stressed that you are beforehand, the more information that you can actually uh, read and inwardly absorb and, and execute, uh, execute properly. I think the, the problem is we have this, um, it, it, which is a, a perfectly normal reaction, is we want to control every element. So we have this huge, what I would call a desire for control in which you, 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 you want to control every single element of, of what you're doing of the project. Now that in itself is not an issue, it's not a problem, you would expect it from any professional. But by the same, same token, if you're executing huge amounts of control all the time, you're not going to give yourself the ability to think rationally should something go wrong. So what you're doing is you're not, not developing what we call your secondary coping skills. So these are the coping skills, whether it's in a, 
uh, workplace situation or whether it's in life generally, that if something goes wrong, you can cope. Yeah. If something happens that you haven't pr uh, 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 predicted beforehand, you can cope with it and you can cope with it calmly and rationally um, and with clarity. So by, by learning those secondary coping skills, you know that whatever happens during the course of the event, uh, you're, not, uh, you're not over controlling everything and thereby building anxiety, but you're also, you know, you can go in there and, and feel very comfortable that whatever happens, whatever goes wrong, you will be able to cope with it and deal with it. Which it must be a fantastic feeling if you've got those skills up your sleeve. So. So yeah, everybody can do it. It's a skill that everybody can learn. There's nothing special about it. It's just, it's just a simple learning process and that's it. So on that point, when our exhibitors and our listeners or event organisers arrive on site and things are going wrong, as they inevitably will do, and you try to minimise as much risk and take out as, as many anticipated challenges as possible, but things are happening, what are the things that people can do then to try and deal with some of that stress and that pressure? What, what are the practical things that we could all do to help us in those stressful situations? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, first of all, it's accept that there's a problem and not try to run away from it. <laughs> I think that's very, very important. Um, the other thing is, is um, once you have that self-awareness and self-insight in, in, in terms of how you control your stress and how you eliminate stress and anxiety, uh, certainly with the Thrive Programme, it gives you an awful lot of insight into how other people react as well. So if you're dealing with people who are, who are pardon me, who are maybe uh, have, are dealing with their own issues or a bit maybe conflicting with you, um, it, it helps just to calm down your reaction by understanding why they are feeling the way that they feel. Because they're going through the same pressures, aren't they? They're going through the same, uh, the same seeking some kind of perfectionism because they've obviously invested an awful lot of money. So it's about not um, uh, devolving the responsibility. It's about, you know, instead of saying, well, this is what you can do, it's about what we can do to improve the situation. So it's not ac accepting responsibility if it's not your fault or anything like that, but it's just about, you know, taking a can-do attitude um, and looking outside of yourself to actually uh, to actually do something to resolve the situation, uh, and also if you're less stressed, you'll be less likely to panic. You'll have a, a much wider perspective in terms of the solution that you can seek. Um, you're not hitting a brick wall because there's always going to be a solution. So just by having that clarity of thinking, there will be an awful lot lot of things that you that you will that will come to mind purely and utterly because you're not stressed and panicking and gone absolutely tunnel visioned on it yeah I think um it, it's a good point in terms of trying to understand the other person's perspective because there are a number of things that have to happen at exhibitions and events and there are things that have to happen to keep people safe there are things that have to happen to keep customers happy there are things that have to happen to allow other people to do their jobs but actually you can get so focused on just delivering your stand that you've worked on for six months that all those other things just go out the window and you can't see them. And as you were saying, you just get very tunnel visioned on delivering your part of a much bigger schedule. And I think it's 
in events more than any other industry, actually, probably, you've just got to think about that wide scope of everybody else that's involved and why are they trying to do what they're trying to do? It isn't usually to stop you from doing something. It's to keep people safe or keep things moving along. And it's understanding their perspective can really help you start to think about, well, how do we problem solve and how do we find the solution to this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the other things that we often find at exhibitions is you are surrounded by a massive group of people who have probably seen your problem before a hundred times. Um, there's Absolutely, not much that yeah. happens at exhibitions these days that hasn't happened before. And there will be a solution to it somewhere. It's just finding the expert, finding the person who can help you with that, that um, that's really important. Mm-hmm. So when you start to feel your, your blood boil and your, your breathing gets faster and you can feel yourself getting really angry about something and you think, yeah, God, I just, why does this person not understand? I just, I can't get through. I must get my standing now. And I'm in a queue of 15 people and I'm going to be late for my dinner tonight with my MD and oh my God, what do I do? Mm. You just feel yourself in that situation getting hotter and hotter and more angry. Yeah. What are the practical things you can do just to calm yourself down and get yourself back to actually being able to think rationally? Well, I think you have to remove yourself from the situation. So even if it's just like walking around, around, around the exhibition hall or just removing yourself from the uh, situation, if, if that is, if you are find if you do find your sort of temper building in that respect um anger is is an interesting one because it's actually a second what we call a secondary emotion so when you get angry you tend not to get angry it tends to be the sort of last resort place you go to um by that i mean it's um you've kind of it's, it's the only kind of you've kind of lost control you've lost power so once you've lost that sense of power, you're feeling powerless, that's when the anger kicks in. So just by understanding that and recognizing that, it allows you that bit of time and space just to step away from it again. Um, that it's not about the situation, it's just about the way that you're feeling about the situation. So if you can just know that enough to step away from the situation and remove yourself from the situation it buys you a little bit of time to calm yourself down do all the usual things like taking a deep breath counting to ten blood you know all all those things that we know about Um, but just understanding that the only reason people get angry is because they feel powerless in the situation is is in itself quite a powerful thing so that gives you just that little bit of space to step away Take the breath and bring your thinking, Randy, bring your thinking back, back down from the red again. Yeah. Because it, it's it's people when people are stressed, they're so we, we use a what what we call a stressometer. So if you imagine a uh, like a car speedometer, the where the needles always go revving into the red, that's where most people's thinking is. It's in the it's in the stress levels, right up in the red. Now, when we, when we uh, coach people through the Thrive Programme, we teach people to bring all their thinking right down into sort of the naught to one uh, uh, space, because that's where you want to be, that's where you're calm, you're very, you manage your thinking well, and, and, um, and you, can, you can look at life with a much wider perspective. The minute it goes into the red, you're, you, again, we go back to that narrow tunnel, you lose perspective, you feel powerless, and that's when anger erupts and, and, and all the rest of it. So just to bring, try and bring your thinking back down into sort of the ones and the twos and the threes so, so that you have greater perspective. As soon as you've done that, then issues tend to seem less bothersome and you can find a solution. 
Yeah, absolutely. I tend to have um, a couple of different song lyrics in my head that if I'm getting really stressed, I know if I kind of just sing that through to myself a couple of times, I know it can it calms me down a little bit, makes me think, yeah. right, that's just giving me time to think about where do we go from here. And, and one piece of absolutely, advice I yeah. got is, you know, somebody who's looking for a fight, never, ever give it to them. So if you're equally faced with somebody who's angry and assertive and you know, if you kill that mm -hmm. with kindness, you're not really giving them any other choice but to respond with kindness as well. So if you give them yeah, a fight, that absolutely. situation will immediately escalate. But actually, yeah, if somebody's absolutely. there and they're, they're really stressed and they're angry and they're aggressive, actually, if you just do kill it with kindness and just be really calm and really, then they'll probably reflect your behavior and you'll get to a much more positive outcome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, everybody knows that. That's, you know, it's, it's, we all know that, you know, you, you look people in the eye, you speak, you put, keep your voice low, all that kind of thing. That all helps just to uh, ease the situation down, doesn't it? Uh, conflict is a horrible thing. It's, I, I hate conflict. I actually avoid conflict like the plague. I, I, um, I am no good uh, when somebody is trying to argue with me. And I, I you know, I like everybody, I, I get quite emotional if somebody's attacking me and, you know, but, but it takes a lot to get me to that stage. Um, most of the time I'm pretty calm and I can, you know, diffuse the situation quite happily. And I rarely get angry myself. I do rarely get angry myself because um, I think it's a wasted emotion. <laughs> so absolutely the minute you go into anger mode, then you your problem solving goes by the pot. So so there's no point doing that. But yeah, but yeah the, the, all all of the hard work needs to be done beforehand. Is is you know to to learn to learn all these these things and and you know to approach to to actually start the event from a very very calm and non stressed point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just kind of wrapping up that point about being on site, um, you're quite time short on site when you're doing anything. So if something has gone wrong, which it will, it really isn't the time for post-mortems and blame and finding out who's yeah. done things wrong. You've just got to get to a solution quickly and, and move mm -hmm. forward and, and get to the point where your stand is up and you're able to deliver a brilliant exhibition. And you can go back afterwards and find out what went wrong and how do you put it right for next time. But kind of trying to find the person to blame or trying to, to do the post-mortem on site is no good. It's, it's just a case of moving on quickly. Um, yeah. So speaking mm -hmm. of moving on, we often hear exhibitors and event organisers talking about the post-show blues phenomenon, or mm -hmm. there's a number of things. It can be called, I think, post-adrenaline trauma. It can be called post-project depression, um, a number of things. And um, it's funny how I've always never, not really recognised it until it's been talked about over the last few months. And you think, actually, I'm probably not alone in feeling that when you get to the end of a big project, it can feel like a bit of a loss, it can feel a bit of an anticlimax. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of struggle the next few days back in the office thinking, yeah. oh, I wish I was back with my friends. I wish we were mm -hmm. right out on day one again. So how would you advise that people can deal with those emotions and feel more positive about moving forward? Uh, okay, uh, the, the, first, the first thing I would say is I would just have, uh, and this is my point of view, is I would have an issue with the words like disorder or depression or trauma or all that kind of thing, because immediately you're going into kind of medical language, which is my big hate when it comes to emotional well-being, because by medicalizing it, you're making it more than it actually is. It's a perfectly normal reaction to you know, to, to what was a very, ex probably exciting, challenging, stressful uh, few days. So, yeah, 
strip away the medicalization of the language to say you know it's 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 the post blue it's the post show blues accept it for what it was what what it is you know maybe just kind of revel in it for a day or two it, it you know it, it it doesn't matter it's not going to kill you um i can remember i uh with a, 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 a an old a public relations client of mine from many years ago i, I worked um we did a lot of charity gigs together and so we would spend months and months and months working on these charity gigs and then we'd have the big event and then the next day i used to spend the next day in tears because i was coming on such coming from such a down from such a high on such a downer i just i just used to cry all the way home. <laughs> you know but that's that's what it is and yeah. we shouldn't beat ourselves up about it so you know you don't have to get over it yeah. you don't have to um you know beat yourself up about it just ride the waves for what they are and um you know and learn to come through it you know over the next sort of two or three days there's absolutely nothing wrong with it um certainly you know in terms of, of what you want to do is is sort of it helps to um, put everything to perspective and then to look back on it and then you can sort of do the post-show uh post-mortem if you like and and look at the things which were good look, look at the things which were bad um i kind of think that if you're going through those post-show blues it's 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 a good thing because it normally means that you are on a bit of a high <laughs> and so if you're on a bit of a high then things were going well i think that if you came out and you're sort of a bit flat but on the same level then maybe things didn't go so good so I don't know, but but I would just ride it out and go 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 with the flow and start building up towards the next one. Yeah, I think that's a great point you make about um, normalising it and not making it into something bigger than it is. And it's the same after holidays or Christmas or a wedding or any great event or great experience you've had where you've experienced pleasure and fun time with friends and you've had some laughter and you've been really challenged you're always going to feel when that finishes that something's missing. So it's perfectly normal. So taking that kind of medicalization away from it is, is really important. And as you say, just rolling with it, it's part of the industry. And mm -hmm. if you've been in this industry and you're passionate about it and thrive on being part of this industry, which most of us do, then that's mm -hmm. just kind of the lows you've got to expect with some of the highs. And it's kind of, you know, that phrase, suck it up, princess, and get on with it, because yeah. that, that's what's going to happen in this industry. And it's fine. You will get through it five days later, you know accept it for what it is revel in it a mm -hmm. little bit while it's happening be kind to yourself during that time and then move absolutely. on to the next thing so absolutely absolutely it's not the first one it won't be the last one so you know it is it's it's exciting i mean i'm having been involved in them myself in the past i have felt that some of those highs and the lows but i think the most i think the most important point for me to to stress is to um make sure that everybody is working from the same point in uh, the same starting point in terms of when you and when you go when you're building up towards an event and then entering into it if you're all working from that same sort of emotional level if you like and that you can all work together as a team and uh, you know help people emotionally with the language that you use uh, with the uh, perspectives help people to see the perspectives some people might be more uh, excited and and, and uh, stressed than others. So you you know when you're working as a team, you balance each other out, don't you? And I think that if you're all working from that same level, 
then that will help you as a team to go through the event as unscathed as possible. And then, you know, the post and to go through the post show blues as unscathed as possible as well. I think that's um, it's a really interesting point about balancing your squad and all helping each other. We, we talk about it a lot in workshops around how people help each yeah. other. And you've got people who might be very naturally feeling quite anxious about being in a position where they've got to stop people and talk to them. You might have your chatty Charlies who are quite happy chatting away to people, stopping them. And it's about how do you help those mm. people help each other and just find a way through. So some, some really great points we've got all the way through yeah. there, which I think we can sum up in terms of planning, make sure you can do as much as you can in the early days to uh, minimize the stress once you get on site, but accept that there's going to be some. Once you get on site mm -hmm. and that stress happens, just try and understand the other person's point of view and deal with it as calmly as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And those post-show blues, just accept they're going to happen, roll with it and help each other out through it. So Absolutely. Some great yes. advice there. So, um, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. I know it's a That's really important topic. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. If people wanted to get in touch with you, how can they contact you, please? Uh, yes, well, I have a, uh, a, well, I'm on all the usual face uh, uh, social medias under Kate Ashley Norman. So they can find me on any social media there. Uh, or I can, uh, my email is thrive at uh, kateashleynorman.com. Brilliant, thank you. And there was a slight squeak on the line then. So if anybody is um, struggling to hear Kate's contact details, but wants them, they can get in touch with us and we can pass those on. So yeah. we will let you go and have your... Um, your beer in the sunshine seems though you're thank a few hours ahead of everybody. So enjoy your evening and thank you once again for being a guest. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. So thanks again there to Kate for a really enlightening conversation with some useful hints and tips that will hopefully help all of us just stay a little bit calmer on site. I think the key thing that I always try and remember whenever it feels like it's getting a little bit pressurized is that actually we're all just working towards the same thing. We've all got the same objectives in mind. And actually, if we work together, it's probably going to have a better result than us all getting angry and frustrated with each other. So good luck the next time you find yourself under pressure. So coming up in a couple of weeks on the next podcast, we are speaking to Helen Chater of EMAP. And Helen is a fantastic publisher over a number of trade magazines. And will be talking to us about how you can use trade press to really amplify your presence at a trade show, both before, during and after. And more importantly, what journalists and editors are going to be looking for to make sure that you get in their reviews and previews so that you can really shout about what you're doing at the show. So another great episode coming up in a couple of weeks. And on that note, don't forget to go and subscribe to the Exhibitionist podcast, whether you pick it up off iTunes or Podbean. But just make sure if you're subscribed, then you'll know every time we release a new episode, so you'll never be missing one. So we're going to head off now and wrap up and go and enjoy this beautiful February sunshine that we're getting. So hopefully you're all out enjoying it too. If there is anything that we can help with, as always, please just give us a shout via the website, via Twitter at ProExtraCo, or the email addresses that you can find on the website. We'd love to hear from you and love to hear about what's going on in your world. If you're heading to International Confex, have a fantastic time and we can't wait to see you there. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about our book, The Exhibitionist, future podcasts and newsletters, please remember to pop over to inspiringexhibitors.com where you'll be able to find all the relevant information. Once again, thank you for listening.